All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Middle on Ice Softball Podcast. Frankly, don't know how I'm getting this episode out tonight. <laughs> um, what an afternoon in East Peoria. Uh, Metamore defeats the Raiders in nine innings. Uh, definitely the best game for the Redbirds this season, or at least most instant classic uh, level. Um, I'll get to it in my post-game interview with Derek Lunder. He refers to it as perhaps one of the best games he's been a part of, and think about the number of wins he's been a part of. Of course, the state championship in 2010 as well, uh, which included a walk-off wild pitch um, at that year's state finals. Um, but nonetheless, I think that that just is a testament to um, obviously, I haven't been around near as much softball as coach, um, but him uh, holding that opinion on this game this afternoon uh, just goes to show uh, how truly great, how truly instant classic-y, <laughs> if you will, not that's a word, uh, but of a game that this was. Again, Metamore defeating East Peoria 10-7 and 9. There was so many bonkers moments Um in this ball game, uh, it kind of started normal, um, and, and and I'm going to be completely honest. Um, Metamore did not do well to start the game, <laughs> um, at, at least at the plate anyway. Um, Nora was awesome in the circle, obviously. Some runs came through, some hits came through, but in terms of just toughing that game out um, and making sure at least when they needed to most that the runs stayed off the board... Um, but the bats uh, just couldn't wake up, at least early. Uh, Meadow Terry was holding things down on her end, uh, like I said, at least early on. Um, Metamora had a knee single and a till, or yeah, knee single and a till walk in the first, uh, but three straight strikeouts after that, one, two, three in the second. Now, thankfully, like I said, uh, Nora was doing pretty awesome to that point, uh, holding EP scoreless ultimately through the first three. Uh, but in terms of this particular point, uh, holding him scoreless through the first two innings. Um, then Kennedy Knee, who, and again, I, I'm glad she didn't take it the wrong way, uh, but I, I made the comment to her in the interview uh, afterwards. So, ta-da, she's our post-game player interview. Um, but she had the solo home run in the top of the third not. At least this season in her role for the varsity program hasn't necessarily been known uh, as too much of a power hitter, but boy, I think that reputation changes after today. Uh, she hits a solo home run to get the scoring going in the first, um, and obviously if you were at the game, you know where this game went from there. Um, but But at the same time, if you're watching that moment, if you're watching that ball go over the fence for Kennedy... Uh, little did you know that there would be 16 more combined runs <laughs> uh, yet to cross the plate. Um, so obviously Kennedy got things going. Redbirds held things down. Um, in the third, like I said, another one, two, three inning for Nora. I actually had EP hitless uh, first time through the order, which you certainly can't complain about. First time through plus a batter if you want to be technical about it. Um, but in the fourth, one, two, three inning, uh, and like I said, that that's part of uh, what Meadow Terry was doing so well early on in the ball game because the first meeting um, against Metamora, and I know Metamora won that game. They shut him out. They two hit him. Whatever. 
Um, but one thing, and I even talked about this on air this afternoon, one thing in that meeting that Meadow was doing particularly well was she was kind of zeroing in on pitches to the inside half of the plate against Metamora, and that, I, I won't say maybe go as far as to say made them look silly, uh, but it was certainly kind of throwing them off their game, kind of putting them in tricky situations at the plate. Uh, today, I think it was just a combination of her off speed and just being her, uh, if you will. Uh, I, I think before the first barrage, if you will, um, pretty pretty solid uh, to a degree improvement. I think obviously uh, you do get kind of caught up in that lat, what ended up being the last inning that she was in the circle. Uh, but all, all things considered, did pretty solid, like I said, prior to that uh, first opening of the gates, per se. Uh, East Peoria got their scoring going. Mentioned the Kennedy knee home run. East Peoria started to make some noise finally in the fourth, um, and they got off to a solid start. Uh, Sydney Sawyer, Gracie Luna both singled. Um, by the way, East uh, Metamore never intentionally walked Gracie Luna today, which um, has, I mean, she's probably one of the more, definitely if you want to get specific to East Peoria, the most intimidating power bat since Mo Hoosen. Um, but... Uh, I was a little surprised to a degree that uh, the Redbirds didn't intentionally walk her at least once because I think, what, I think it was the seventh inning she came up to them, the seventh or sixth? Maybe it was the, no, fifth, 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 fifth. Uh, that she came up to the plate with the bases loaded. I think we, you know, she's one of those players and, and kind of like um, you go to the major leagues uh, with Hall of Famer David Ortiz, Big Poppy, and uh, one of the things that they would do with Big Poppy, and I think it happened a couple times in his career, uh, where, you know, the bases would be loaded. Um, he'd come up to the plate, and the other team would be like, screw it, we don't care, we're walking him. <laughs> like, like, you know what I mean? Like, you're getting the one run, and you still have the force out of any base. Um, and obviously, and I, I alluded to this on the air, there's so many other power bats other than, than just Gracie. Obviously, she's probably the best among that, uh, but certainly a hitter that I think draws that kind of a mindset in terms of, you know, do you intentionally walk her even if the bases are loaded? Um, obviously, the Redbirds pitched to her. Um, no home runs, but did have a solid day at the end. But I'll get to that in a little bit in terms of the grand scheme of things. Um, Gracie got a single. Uh, Kiara Brown had a single. And Emily Compton um, back uh, out, out playing this afternoon. Uh, she had an RBI single. Um, and... I know I'm in the middle of going through stats, but I, I want to get this um, knocked out as, as soon, but as appropriately as possible. And uh, for those of you that don't know, Emily had an operation on, I think, like her knee or something like a month ago. And, I mean, there were some question marks in terms of what would the recovery timetable be? Um, how would East Peoria do without her? By the way, I think they've done incredible, all things considered. Um, it's pretty easy to just lay over and fold it in. Um, when you lose a player of her caliber, what she's able to do for them in the circle, what she's able to do for them at the plate. Um, but she, it was so great. You know, obviously I, you know, selfishly wish it wouldn't have been against the Redbirds cause she did awesome today. Um, but still in, in terms of the grand scheme of things, uh, awesome to see her back out there. And kind of, like I said on my tweet, um, she makes that team better. Um, obviously she was still there. It wasn't like she wasn't there. Um, but in terms of actually being able to have her arm in the circle, to have her bat at the plate, 
Um, even just watching her warm up pitch pitching before the game, like I know she didn't start in the circle, but uh, I saw the velo was working well, movement was working pretty well, and I'm thinking, well, shoot, you know, she's she's in pretty solid shape, all things considered. And I think you were kind of right at the early end of the timetable uh, for potential recovery. Uh, so great to see her back in the game. Um, and I think the big element, kind of like I alluded to in my tweet, uh, was that she was able to get some time, um, pending what they do in the postseason, uh, get some time back on the field before her prep career wraps up. Um, and she heads off to, uh, I say UMSL. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm told about 99% of the population says UMSL, but I am standing by UMSL and I am not changing that. Um, but... Obviously, she's got a pretty solid college career ahead of her, I think. Um, but good to see that um, that that indeed was not a season and subsequently career-ending injury for her, and she was able to get back out there today. But she had an RPI single in the bottom of the fourth to get their scoring going. And top of the fifth, Metamora, one, two, three, couple strikeouts. Like I said, that's that's what Meta was doing so well today. Okay, and time for the chaos. <laughs> um, bottom of the fifth for East Peoria gets going with a Meadow Terry hit by pitch. Didn't officially start that way, but that's where the wheel started turning. And then a single from Kalen Kratz, a single from Sidney Sawyer. Then probably, you know, obviously there were comebacks, there were, you know, leads changing hands and whatnot. Probably the single most chaotic play of the game was on an RBI single from Gracie Luna, and I'm willing to bet that I don't even know off the top of my head if East Peoria Metamore's game changer scored it this way. But I, I gave Gracie an RBI single um, in the fifth uh, because she got the single. One run scored, but they called the run safe on obstruction by Maddie Mooney. Um... I don't think anybody in red liked that call. It is what it is. Um, but then it seemed as if the ball was dead. So Coach Linder exits the dugout to eventually, he would hope, get an explanation about the situation. And he did. Uh, time was not granted when Coach Linder entered the field. Um, and as a result, you know, because naturally, right, coach on the field, coach wants time. Uh, Metamora wasn't paying attention to home plate. And again, I don't blame them. They thought with Coach Lindra on the field that time would be granted. Time was not granted. East Peoria scores a second run. It was just like, oh my goodness. Like, you know, please don't let this be how uh, the game I, I, ends, I guess. Because, um, I mean, especially at the time, and I kind of said this on the air, you're thinking with that play, shoot, is the game over? You know, maybe not over, but like, shoot, you know, Backs against the wall here. Only got a couple more trips to the plate. What are we going to do? Um, and turn turns out that both teams are far from done at that point. Uh, but I think, and I'll kind of get to this with Coach Linder, really proud of the effort, uh, especially from the Redbirds, because the call obviously didn't work in their favor, or I should say calls. Um, but that they were able to bounce back, turn around from that, and kind of move on to the next play. Um, well... Kind of. Uh, there was an E7 that Gabby Lane reached on on the very next plate appearance, and that's where you're kind of thinking, uh-oh, you know, can't, can't get around it, can't shake it off. Um, 
you know, play like that after a bonkers call like that. And again, I'm not I'm not going to focus so much on whether I thought the call was right or wrong. The fact is, right or wrong, the call was bonkers. It made it a bonkers situation, um, regardless of the rightness or wrongness of the situation. Um, but then Gabby reached on an E7 after that, and you're thinking, you know, is, is Metamore a little bit in their heads about that situation? Uh, but like I said, obviously, if you're listening to this, having watched the game, you know what happened afterwards. Uh, but really good response by Metamore to not let that get to their heads. In fact... Uh, the sixth inning uh, ended up being their most runs in an inning. Uh, Caden still with a leadoff single. And, I mean, for those of you that have listened to my broadcast over the course of the year, I've said it probably about a thousand times, fortune favors a leadoff base runner. They get that with the Caden still single. Katie Ramage follows that up with one of three RBI hits, a double to be exact. Uh, Nora Johnson had the RBI sack fly. And at that point, I believe, let's see here, it was 5-1, to one. let's see here, 6-1, to one. or no, knucklehead, 5-2, uh, 5-3. Okay, so it was 5-3 to three at that point after Nora's sack fly. And you're thinking, yeah, you know what, we got two outs, maybe try and extend the inning. Um, Sidney Trumpman hits a two-run home run. <laughs> and not that I wasn't expecting it, but that was huge, huge moment in the game. Kind of gave the Redbirds, I don't want to say relief, but maybe more of a realization, um, not just in terms of the motivation to want to fight back in this game, but knowing that, hey, this game isn't over yet. And, and kind of circling back to that response um, after that call in the fifth inning um, and bouncing back with as big an inning as that was. Bottom of the sixth, perhaps even bigger, they respond Norris shuts him down one, two, three with a couple ground outs and a pop out. So, I mean, pitching the contact, the strikeout numbers ended up um, pretty decent in the end. But at, at that point of the game, there weren't too many strikeouts. Um, so, a little more pitch to contact. East Peoria was putting bat on ball, but shut the door in the sixth, the one, two, three inning. And then more damage in the seventh. Um, and that was kind of where, you know, you knew. Needed a little bit of insurance um, in, in terms of just trying to get a lead and and hold on to it. I mean, that, that kind of seemed to be the theme, especially in the latter moments of the game, is can somebody hold on to a lead? Um, and Metamora got off to a good start in the seventh, which I actually believe... Uh, well, Emily Compton had already come in at that point. I take that back. Um, but first play of the... Top of the, is that seventh? Yeah, seventh. Can't even read my own scorebook. Uh, Maddie reached on an E1. Um, then Cadence Till had a single that got through at center field, so a single E8. Uh, that that put the Redbirds in a good position. I actually think uh, Lauren Riddle was running for, I believe Lauren scored on that play. Um, then Katie had an RBI single. That gave Metamora Katie's RBI single did. Uh, a 7-5 to five lead at the time. Now, bottom of the 7th, Metamora had the lead with two outs, and if I'm not mistaken, once if not twice, East Peoria was down in their final strike. Far from over, right? RBI sack fly from Kiara Brown made it 7-6. RBI single from Emily Compton would ultimately cap her day uh, but she was awesome, uh, had a couple hits and a walk. 
the latter of those hits being that RBI single I'm talking about uh, that tied things in the bottom of the seventh. Really a storybook situation, if you will. First game back, uh, coming up with a big play like that uh, to not only help her team out, but I believe at the time help her out in the circle. Uh, I think she was pulled in the seventh, if I'm doing my math right. Maybe eighth. Nonetheless, a uh, big hit for her, and that forced extra innings. Uh, Metamora, and, and here's the thing. Going into the eighth inning, um, going into the eighth inning, Metamora, like I said, maybe a bit more of backs against the wall. They had lost the lead. EP tied it back up. They get one hit. They get one hit, and it was stranded. And And so that's when you're maybe thinking, well, shoot. You know, well, that for one. But two, East Peoria had 8-9-1 in their order due up in the bottom of the eighth. So if they do any remote degree of damage in that bottom part of the order, you're likely seeing the biggest of their big boppers coming up in that bottom of the eighth with a tie game, and the first run walks it off. First run scored walks it off. Um, get one runner to reach on an E1. But that was it. They were done after that, um, at least in that inning, and actually ultimately for the game. Uh, didn't know it at the time, of course, but point, point stands. So shut them down in the eighth, and then the big ninth inning. Uh, Kennedy Knee let off. Have a day, Kennedy. Uh, let off the top of the ninth with the solo home run, and the Redbirds weren't done yet. Cadence Till had a double. Katie Ramage had an RBI double. Redbird started to feel maybe a little more confident at that point. Um, RBI single from Kerrigan Hartnett, which is great to see her get at least one successful plate appearance. Hadn't been able to get a rhythm uh, prior to that plate appearance, but glad she was able to finish on a high note um, and, and roll with that. Uh, and her RBI single gave Metamora the 10-7 lead, like I said, that ended up being the final score. Um, and I even kind of sit on here and like, oh, geez. Like, you know, not, uh, this isn't, obviously, Metamore has been spectacular defensively. This is more about the bats they were facing on the other side. Because talking about where East Peoria was at in the order of the eighth, that part of the order, due up in the ninth. And you're thinking, a couple big hints away uh, from, if not walking it off, maybe at least extending it to extra innings, because... I mean, they had a four-run bottom of the fifth, so you're not putting a three-run bottom of the ninth past them, especially with the urgency to uh, trying and win the game. Uh, and they were able to get a uh, strike out and a couple balls in play for outs uh, to end the game, a fly out to Mallory Bennett um, at the end um, to, like I said, end the ball game in two hours and 24 minutes. It was such a impressive effort for the Redbirds. Um, and obviously for the Raiders, too. Um, I, I think it can get kind of lost in the fact that they lost the game. Um, but an impressive effort by both sides. Um, and really an instant classic. I, I said that, I think, on my Facebook and Instagram. Uh, but re really an impressive effort all, all together, I think, on both sides. There were elements, obviously, up and down for both teams. Um, but that's, that's part of a roller coaster game, let's be honest. Um, so line scores for both teams, Metamora 10 runs, 13 hits, two errors, and seven left. East Peoria 7 runs, 11 hits, two errors, and seven left. And guess what? We are far from done. 
Uh, we got highlights. We got interviews. We got what else is going on in the conference. This is probably going to be a pretty long episode, folks. But when you play nine innings, that's going to happen. Uh, so, of course, as is the case with all our post-game broadcast episodes, that means there's broadcast highlights to get to. So here are the highlights from tonight's broadcast of the thrilling win in nine for Metamora over East Peoria. Terry swung on, fly ball, right center field, back goes Krotz. It is gone. A home run for Kennedy Knee. Her first home run of the season, I believe, of her varsity career. And it puts Metamore on top, 1-0 here in the third. 1-2 from Terry. Swung on, line drive to the gap, right center. It's off the wall. Cadence Till around the third. Katie will be in at second with a stand-up double. Oh, I don't know if we needed to send Cadence. She slides in safely. It'll be an RBI double for Katie Ramage, three-run game. Payoff pitch, Terry to Trentman. Swung on, deep fly ball, center field! We are tied! We are tied! A two-run home run for Sydney Trentman! 5-5 five, five in the sixth! 2-0, counting the till. Swung on, line drive, center field. It's going to one-hop in front of Krotz and get away from her. Go, Lauren, go! It's a single E8. Here comes Lauren. Lauren Riddle home safely. Redbirds lead 6-5 on the single E8. Katie Ramage at the plate. First pitch from Compton. Swung on, line drive, base hit. In the right field. Kane's till, they're going to hold her. Oh, she went right through the stop sign. Oh, and she's safe anyway! How about that? First pitch of the inning from Compton. Swung on, deep fly ball. Back goes Sawyer. Get out of here. It's gone. A go-ahead home run for Kennedy Knee. Have a day, Kennedy. Her second home run of the evening. 8-7, Metamore in the ninth. Oh, two to Katie, fly ball, back it goes! Oh, it's off the top of the wall. It's off the top of the wall, but it'll work. An RBI double for Katie Ramage, 9-7, Metamora. The one-two from Terry. Swung on, fly ball, it might drop, it does. Katie Ramage is in, 10-7, Metamora here in the top of the ninth on a Kerrigan Hartnett RBI single. Oh, and one count, two down. The pitch from Nora. Swung on, fly ball, get under it, Mal, get under it. Game over! Redbirds win it in nine, and they have clinched at least a share of the 2023 Middle Line Eye title. Your final score in nine innings from Eastside Center, Metamora 10, East Peoria 7. What a game. Go Birds. And obviously, uh, lots to get to just in that highlight package alone. I kind of made some comments to the coaches, some to the parents and whatnot. Um, of that, that was probably going to be the hardest part of piecing this podcast together for me, was trying to find out the highlights and what goes where and what do I use and 
Is there any of it I don't use? Because frankly, there were some where like we were behind 5-1 and I'm thinking, you know, it does, you know, as good a play as it might be, doesn't exactly fit in the highlight package per se. Uh, but so many moments to pick from. And obviously hope that you enjoyed kind of looking back on that. If you listen to the broadcast and hearing them for the first time, uh, if you perhaps were at the game live in any capacity. Uh, so starting our interviews off, uh, we're going to start with the home run hitter of the day, one of two, actually. Um, Kennedy Nee mentioned um, had the two home run game, had a solo home run to get the scoring going in the third, had a big home run in the top of the ninth as well for a multi-home run game. Uh, if I haven't said it enough already, she was awesome today. Uh, so here is our post-game interview with Kennedy Nee. Right, Alex Dom back here at Eastside Center now with Kennedy Knee. Um, I don't take this the wrong way. I know you're not known for your power. Uh, yeah, I know. You, you get two home runs today, two huge home runs. Kind of talk about that moment because obviously the first is probably really big for you as it was, and then you hit the second one. Dead gummy, you did awesome today. Kind of yeah. tell me about uh, how you how you thought you did today, other than I guess awesome. Well, <laughs> I'm really happy how I did today. So because like I hope my team wins, so I'm happy for that. But. I was just kind of hoping to get on base, but obviously a lot, a little bit more happened. But yeah. and yeah. A ne- and a never say die attitude, right? Because I mean, you guys could have been down in the dumps after that four run fifth, and you score six nine, you outscore nine to two over the last couple of innings. Kind of talk about the importance of that next woman up, that never say die attitude in games that are as back and forth as this one was. Yeah, I just had to like have a confident mindset. And then I also knew I had, like, Katie and Cadence coming behind me, so I thought that helped a lot. So that, like, helped to build my confidence. And obviously uh, you clinch a share of the middle line I title with the win tonight. I don't know if Coach told you that or not. Um, but how important also is the mentality that the job's not done. You want to clinch this thing outright. You want to get the win on senior night on Thursday. Kind of talk about how that's probably, other than celebrating the seniors, the mm-hmm. primary message going into Thursday. Well, my seniors are doing, like, really good right now, and I really wanted to, like, help them and make this night, like, extra and, like, the day extra special. So. Well, you sure did, Kennedy. Awesome job. We'll be back with Coach Linder. want to thank Kennedy for the time, and obviously, like I said, uh, awesome game for her and uh, enjoyed getting the time, or having the time, rather, to talk with her after the game. The person who was... If, I, if I'm being frank, probably about as thrilled as anybody uh, with the effort from the Redbirds, with the effort in the end of the game, uh, well, towards the end of the game especially anyway, uh, is Coach Linder, who gets his 367th uh, career win uh, with the win this afternoon. And obviously he was thrilled with how that game went, thrilled with how the team showed its fight. Um, a gritty win, uh, if you will. Um, and so here is our post-game conversation with Coach Derek Linder. All right, so Derek Linder back here with us now, and you were telling me um, outside of the dugout there right afterwards that, I mean, shoot, that was your 367th career win, and that's right up there. Yeah, you know, that was uh... – Man, that that was a great game. That was one of the best games I've ever been involved with. And you know what? We needed that. We needed to see where we were at before we we went into the postseason. We hadn't had one of those. All right, that's the one that makes us work a little harder in practice. 
that keeps going, but it's also the one that if you get down in the postseason, you can always pull that back out of your memory and say, hey, don't forget we were in this situation through a good team. UAS Pure is a very good team. We got it through. We got it through. We'll be fine. I got to get a negative question in. Those first couple innings, the swing, the swing at the plate strikes out of the zone, it seemed like that was kind of undisciplined. But as undisciplined as that might have been, the tenacity to come back and effectively forget that, to flush that and make the comeback that they did was pretty impressive. Well, you got to give her some credit, too. She threw some very good pitches. So, you know, yeah, sometimes it looks like it's undisciplined at our, our part, but sometimes it's just a really good pitcher that was <laughs> through three sure. good innings and then – you know, we, we filed it and we came back, and that's what the part of hitting is. It's not, you know, about going to your swing coach and learn how to swing right. It's, you know, most of it's mental and making adjustments, and that's what we did. Kind of talk about the tenacity uh, to keep coming back because the way I kind of phrased it with Kennedy is you guys could have easily been down on the dumps after that four-run fifth, the call that shall not be named. Uh, and, you know, you were down 5-1 at that point. You come back, they tie it. You come back again. Kind of talk about what it means for you to see that as a coach that they keep continuing to come back like that. We, we needed to do that. We needed to show some heart. We needed to show some character. We needed to show who we were. You know, we were going to get down. Or were we going to complain? Or were we going to just feel sorry for us? Or were we going to come back and get her done? And we got her done. Talk about Kennedy, because I, I, I mentioned that in her interview. You know, obviously, I mean this with all due respect. She's not known for her power, for sure, but she comes up with two huge oh. home runs, and obviously the long ball in general was huge for you today, yeah, but that was awesome. That's kind of the problem with her in that first spot is she, she is a good home run hitter. She she will drive the ball more than she will you know, ground out hard and use her speed. But you know what? She had two great swings on it, and I love the fact that she jumped on pitches that she wanted and saw them down in the dirt, which was the most important part. How important is it going into Thursday? Because obviously you've clinched the share of the Middle Illini title. Uh, but how important is it? How much of the message is job's not done? We want to get this thing out, right? Well, it's, it's not done, and it's senior night, and it's it, you know we love to love our seniors and we want to honor them, but we got we got to get this win. You know, to win this conference outright, as good as it is, that's a big deal. How, how do you balance that message to the seniors, though? Because obviously it's a big night for them, getting honored and whatnot, and they're trying to win the middle I title outright. Like, I mean, how do they even balance that mentally? Well, we're lucky that we've got four just outstanding kids that are seniors, and we also got four kids that are playing. So, you know, that makes it easier. It's when you have those kids that are, are role players or they're not playing all the time, and, man, it's senior night and they'd love to play. That's when it gets tough, you know, when the conference games, and that's why I hate doing these on-conference games. Sure. But just the way that everything worked out, that's how it was tonight, this well, year. Well, Coach, it's – you know, if, if you get that intensive a game anymore this season, you may not have me the rest of the schedule. But I appreciate you all toughing it out and getting the job done, and we'll talk to you on Thursday. Thanks. want to thank Coach for the time. And obviously, like he said, uh, as many important games, as many intense games as he's been a part of, uh, holds this game in high regard, a game that, um, folks in Metamora probably aren't going to forget it, uh, anytime soon anyway. Um, but like I said, thanks to him for the time, and we're going to move right along and get into our out-of-town uh, scoreboard part of the broadcast. Um, we'll say like maybe like an average day on the conference. I don't believe everybody was playing. Uh, Canton's off because their postseason starts tomorrow. Uh, we'll start with them, Little Giants 8-15 and 15 overall, 3-11 and 11 in the conference. Uh, but it's time for the second season for them. Uh, they host 
uh, tomorrow against the Midwest Central Illini Central Co-op at 4.30 at the Canton Athletic Park. Obviously, I'll be up at Rock Island with the Redbirds, uh, but really wish the best of luck to Coach Bundy and the Little Giants um, as, as they get on their postseason uh, ship, if you will, um, and hope they can get it done tomorrow uh, again at home, uh, which is nice. Uh, Little Giants hosting Midwest Central Illini Central tomorrow at 4.30 in a 2A regional semifinal. Uh, Dunlap, they got the 9-2 win over Morton. I do apologize. I didn't update it at all during the game because, at least from what I could see, I never got pinged by the game changer uh, accounts for either team. Uh, but Dunlap brought the bounce, nine runs, um, and had a big uh, ladder portion of the game, if you will. They led 2-0 after the third, Morton responds with a two-run top of the fourth to tie it, but Dunlap would score nine of their seven runs in un- or that doesn't make any sense. Seven of their nine runs uh, in unanswered fashion. Two in the fourth, three in the fifth, two in the sixth, uh, and they would hold the Potters scoreless. Of course, like I said, nature of the beast with unanswered runs hold them scoreless in the last three. Uh, looking up the box score. Hindenburg, two-hit, three-RBI game. Cruz, a three-hit, three-RBI game. Hopwood, a two-hit, one-RBI game. Santonia, two-hit game. Uh, Powers drew a couple walks, and Ramos drew a singular walk as well. Hindenburg and Cruz, uh, both homer in the win. Uh, Sutton Santoni, the pitcher of record, gets the win. Five innings, three hits, two earned runs, no walks, and nine strikeouts. Kennedy Clayton on in relief, two innings, one hit, no earned runs, no walks, and five strikeouts. Good strikeout game uh, for the Eagles, combining for 14 strikeouts in the circle. Uh, Morton Box score mentioned they got four hits. Addie Booth leads the way with two. Uh, had an RBI as well. Uh, Gashaw with a hit and an RBI, and Springer with a hit as well. Um, and pitching, Gashaw, the pitcher of record, six innings, 13 hits, seven earned runs, three walks, and five strikeouts. Again, that's Dunlap over Morton, 9-2. I believe, yeah, both teams um, are not done quite yet. Dunlap plays at Metamora on Thursday. I'll talk a little bit more about that um, towards the end, but especially more so um, for tomorrow's postgame episode. Uh, but neither of those teams are done just yet, but Dunlap is now 8-5 and five in the league. Um, I'll get to it here in a second, uh, but they... Uh, will still be tied with Pekin in the conference standings at 8-5. and five. Actually, East Peoria falls into that three-way tie uh, with their loss this afternoon. All three of them are now 8-5. and five. Uh, So, again, that's Dunlap over Morton, 9-2. If I didn't mention it, Potter's 1-12 in the league now. Um, let's see here. Pekin Limestone. Let's do that one. Uh, Pekin... Well, it didn't update on Pekin's end, and on Limestone's end, it's still live. So, um, well, I guess, unfortunately, hopefully, um, if any Pekin or Limestone fans were awaiting... Oh, there we go. It did click. Oh, oh thank goodness. Um, Pekin beating Limestone 4-2 to two, um, in their game. Uh, Limestone got on the board early, jumped on him early with a two-run bottom of the first, had the Rockets feeling good early on. Uh, but then kind of the theme of the day, at least outside of Eastside Center with that bonkers game, um, unanswered runs 
Pekin scores four unanswered runs, one in the third, one in the fourth, uh, to tie it at two at that moment. It was tied all the way until the top of the seventh, uh, in which runs scored on a two-run single from Irby. Davis and Perry score on the play, and that gives Pekin the 4-2 win. Dragons get eight hits on the day, including multi-hit games from Perry with two, uh, Irby with two, and a couple RBIs for her as well. Uh, Benassi with a two-hit, one RBI game as well, and one-hit games for Bailey and Davis as well. Uh, three walks drawn, a couple for Courtney Campbell out of the leadoff spot, uh, and one for Brogan Hall, uh, who was the pitcher of record. Gets the win, seven innings, four hits, no earned runs, no walks, and three strikeouts. Limestone spreads the wealth with their four hits. Uh, Sewell, Stevens, Groob, and West all with one. I believe it was their senior night tonight as well for the Rockets. Um, and Connor with an RBI as well for the Rockets. Uh, Liz Group, the pitcher of record, takes the loss. Seven innings, eight hits, three earned runs, three walks, and two strikeouts. And again, that's Pekin over Limestone, 4-2. to two. Mentioned Pekin with the win. Uh, stays in what is now a three-way tie for third place between East Peoria, Dunlap, and Pekin. Uh, we'll see how things pan out on Thursday. That could change because uh, I think every one of those teams is still playing. Well, of course, do the math. Eight and five. Hello. <laughs> but... Again, that's Pekin over Limestone, 4-2. Um, mentioned Morton already over Dun or Morton losing to Dunlap. Mentioned Pekin. Okay, Washington. Uh, they were at United Township tonight. Um, all due respect to United Township, I would assume Washington won that comfortably. Fairly comfortably, at least. However... Uh, their game changer didn't trip live, at least in terms of the live stats. Uh, so apologies to the Panther fans, um, but I have no stats from that one. Apparently the video worked, uh, but no stats uh, from that one as of recording this at about 10 o'clock at night. Uh, so apologies on that, but again, I would assume the Panthers would have won that game. Uh, but obviously it's not in conference anyway. Uh, so... The Middle Illinois standings, with one game left in league play, are as follows. Metamora clinches at least a share of the conference title at 12-1. Washington has Morton on Thursday, uh, Washington 11-2. Um, East Peoria, Dunlap, and Pekin are all now 8-5. Canton mentioned already done uh, at 3-11. Limestone now 2 and 12, they're done in conference play. Uh, and Morton is 1 and 12. So Thursday, um, the big ones, if you will, um, are Dunlap at Metamora and Washington at Morton. Um, those two games will, obviously with Metamora, with Metamora and Washington in a tie for the conference title right now. Um, if the, if that, those two games, I guess is what I'm getting at, uh, are going to have the biggest eyes on them, uh, to see if the middle I title is shared or outright. Um, obviously I think Washington, uh, hitting the bats real well. Again, that's without knowing what happened against the United Township today. Uh, Metamora probably on fumes going into Rock Island tomorrow. 
Uh, but we'll see how things pan out on Thursday. Senior night for the Redbirds on Thursday as well. Uh, so big night on multiple fronts. Um, but we'll, like I said, we'll be at Rock Island tomorrow for the podcast. It'll be a post-game broadcast episode. Redbirds and Rocks uh, will be on Mixler tomorrow afternoon. Uh, so hope you all tune into the call of that one and <laughs> see if I make it through, see if the Redbirds make it through after the craziness that was today's win over East Peoria. Uh, see if everybody can make it home in one piece uh, after tomorrow night as well. Uh, but again, the final in our feature game of the day, Metamora edges East Peoria in quite possibly one of the more instant classic games maybe of the year. Um, I, I think the Washington East Peoria game at Eastside is up there, uh, but an awesome game. Uh, Metamora in nine, 10 to seven over East Peoria. Uh, want to thank Coach Linder. want to thank Kennedy Neve for the time after the game. I want to thank everybody that tuned into the broadcast, um, that bared with me through all nine innings, through my own roller coaster of emotions, trying to figure out the trajectory of the game or lack thereof, maybe. Uh, but again, Metamora a winner in nine ten seven post game episode tomorrow. I'll be a post game broadcast episode. Metamora at Rock Island. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. It's been another episode of the Middle Line Eye Softball Podcast. So long.